Welcome to the Foundations Church Podcast, where we exist to make Jesus famous. We hope this message is life-giving, encouraging, and challenges you in your walk with Christ. Foundations Podcast, May 22nd, 2016. Hey, what's up, everyone? It's Tuesday again, and that means it's time for the FC Podcast. I'm Bobby. Thanks for hanging out. Before we get to the message, let me fill you in on what's happening right now at Foundations Church. We've got one week left of the B-Team series, and to wrap it all up, we're going to have Stephen Kurt back to close out with a bang on Sunday the 29th. After that, Redneck will be back starting on June 5th, so pull out your Daisy Dukes and cut off plaids and spruce up those Kentucky waterfalls because we're going all out this summer. Also, on June 5th, baby dedications. If you would like to dedicate your little one to the service, drop us an email at info at foundationschurch.tv and we'll make that happen. Worship night is coming up as well. Friday night, June 24th, will be another night devoted specifically to pushing away distractions and seeking after God, so mark your calendars. These are special times for us as a body to spend a real chunk of time before Christ. And now, without further ado, Pastor Justin Graves. Today I get to speak on one of my favorite characters in the Bible. I've only preached on this character one time before. Um, She, yes it is a she, she is found in the Old Testament in 2 Samuel, and her name is Rispa. Rispa. Some of you that are familiar with her story, um, if you've ever read it, it's just an incredible incredible story. And so our passage of scripture is going to be found in 2 Samuel chapter 21 verses 1 through 13. And here's what I need from our second service today. I about gassed myself in first service and here's why. They were amening, they were with me. I need you, Debbie, I need you to get everybody going today. Um, I need, see, I got, I got, she's from Liberia. She knows how to, she knows how to have church. Um, but I need, I just need you behind me to give my voice some umph today. So 2 Samuel chapter 21, verse 1 through 13 says this. There was a famine during David's reign that lasted for three years. So David asked the Lord about it, and the Lord said, the famine has come because Saul and his family are guilty of murdering the Gibeonites. So the king summoned the Gibeonites. They were not part of Israel, but were all that was left of the nation of the Amorites. The people of Israel had sworn not to kill them, but Saul, in his zeal for Israel and Judah, had tried to wipe them out. And David asked them, what can I do for you? How can I make amends so that you will bless the Lord's people again? Well, money can't settle this matter between us and the family of Saul, the Gibeonites replied. Neither can we demand the life of anyone in Israel. What can I do then, David asked. Just tell me, and I will do it for you. Then they replied, it was Saul who planned to destroy us, to keep us from having any place at all in the territory of Israel. So let seven of Saul's sons be handed over to us, and we will execute them before the Lord at Gibeon on the mountain of the Lord. 
All right, the king said, I will do it. And the king spared Jonathan's son, Meshibosheth, which is another great story, um, who's Saul's, who was Saul's grandson because of the oath David and Jonathan had sworn before the Lord. But he gave them Saul's two sons, or Armani, I'm gonna say Armani, okay? So you just thought Armani was a new thing, it's not. Um, and Meshibosheth, whose mother was Rispa, daughter of Ai. He also gave them five sons of Saul's daughter, Miriam, the wife of Adriel, son of Berizela, from Meholah. The men of Gibeon executed them on the mountain before the Lord, so all seven of them died together at the beginning of the barley harvest. And here's where most of our text is gonna take place. Here's where we're gonna live for most of the day is right here in verse 10. Then Rispah, daughter of Ai, the mother of, the two, mother of two of the men, spread burlap on a rock and stayed there the entire harvest season. She prevented the scavenger birds from tearing at their bodies during the day and stopped wild animals from eating them at night. When David learned what Rispa, Saul's concubine, had done, he went to the people of Jabesh Gilead and retrieved the bones of Saul and his son Jonathan. And when the Philistines had killed Saul and Jonathan on Mount Gilboa, the people of Jabesh Gilead stole their bodies from the public square of Bethshan, where the Philistines had hung them. So David obtained the bones of Saul and Jonathan, as well as the bones of the men of the, that the Gibeonites had executed. Now here's, here, here's why we're reading this story, is Rizpah is one of Saul's concubines. Now let's just kind of phrase this out and let's get real here. A concubine wasn't a wife, it was just somebody the king wanted to have sex with when he wanted to have sex with her, that's it. Um, the Bible's full of just not real nice things, and that's one of them. And so uh, Rizpah, she's a concubine of Saul's, and Saul has been killed in battle, and all of a sudden, not too long after that, two, her two sons are taken from her and killed, executed, not for something they did, but for something Saul did. And this is where Rispa finds herself. Her two sons have been executed, her king has been killed, and she's got no way of making a living. That, that, once your husband, once your king died, man, you were really dependent on your sons. And if your sons are gone, you've got no way of making a decent living. And so this is Rispa's whole world, all of it. And, and I can't imagine, I can't imagine the pain the Rispa has to be in at this moment. I don't know if you've ever seen a kid hurt themselves and it takes a while for them, for the pain to register, you know what I'm talking about? And you just kind of, you're sitting there waiting for it like, it's gonna come. You know, you're just like, you just slammed your thumb with a hammer, it's gonna come. And they're just kind of like, oh, you know, that's, that's kind of why, I don't know if everything registered with Rispa. But here's Rispa, her sons have been taken, and you and I look at this situation, and I gotta look at it and I go, what, why, why, what's the use? Why, why even fight? Because what's done is done. Her sons have been killed, and they're just hanging there. But here's why Rispa kept fighting. Where you and I would say there's no use, where you and I would say, well, what? She wanted a proper burial for her boys. And she wasn't going to settle for them being hung up there like criminals or thugs. She was going to see something happening. And the first thing I, 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 I 
man, that just comes across from Rizpah's stories, and it's a challenge to us that we learn from Rizpah's life is this, is that you can't quit fighting. You and I can't quit fighting. Even when you think, well, what's the use? Or, or we're just, it's just gonna be that kind of situation. Some of us in this place, let's just get real on. I, I don't want you to pretend today. I want you to get real because church is a place where a lot of times we walk in and we put our happy face on instead of our real face on. Today, I'm asking you to be real. Today, I'm just gonna be real with you. And I don't know how much of my notes I'm gonna, we're just gonna be real. But a lot of times, man, when we come into church and we're going through life, we just feel like we're stuck. We're stuck in a marriage that's gonna stink, that's not gonna be prosperous, it's not gonna be one we enjoy, one that we love, but we're just kinda stuck there. That It's just, I'm gonna have that kind of marriage. And instead of fighting for the marriage you've dreamed of, you just quit fighting and you're stuck with the marriage you have. Some of us are kids. Kids have gone off the deep end. Some, for some kids, it's your parents. Your parents have gone off the deep end and you think, well, that's just what it's gonna be. What's, what's the use, just like Chris, but what's the use in fighting? Because I don't see how it's gonna turn around. And if there's one thing I realize, if there's one thing I'm understanding as us as followers of Christ, especially in the United States, is that we really aren't good at fighting for things anymore. Man, we quit way too soon and way too easy. And here's what I tell you, there's three things I learned from watching RISPA is this, is that the first one is fighting doesn't have a time frame. Fighting for something that you love, that you feel like God has birthed, man, these dreams, these desires that God has put in you, fighting doesn't have a time frame. RISPA was there, it said, from the beginning of the barley harvest time to the end of it. Barley harvest started in April and ended somewhere in September or October. So Rispa was in the middle of nowhere with, with, with really nothing going on. She fought off the birds. She chased off the beast at night for six to seven months. There's no time frame. There was no, there was no part. Oh, I'm sure there was parts where she just said, you know what? I've been at this for months. I'm done. I'm tired. I'm worn out. I don't see anything getting better. So I'm just going to, I put my time in. I gave you the, the window of opportunity. God, no, no, no. Rispa kept fighting. And for you and I, man, if you're going to have the marriage you've dreamed, you can't quit fighting. If you're going to have the kids that you've just prayed for, you can't quit fighting. If you're going to have the parents and the relationship that you wanted with them, you can't quit fighting. If your life is going to see the God-sized dreams happen, guess what? Even though you've been hit time and time and time again, even though life doesn't look like what you thought it was, Rispa, you are going to have to get a spirit of Rispa in you and you are going to have to fight no matter how long it takes. You're going to have to fight and you can't quit. You're going to have to get tenacious and decide, I'm not going to quit until I see something happen. Here's what 1 Corinthians chapter 13 verse 7 says. We, we know about love and it's this feel good, you know, uh, chapter, the chapter of love, but, but listen to what Paul says about love. It says, love never gives up. See, where we get it wrong 
is we get infatuated with an idea instead of in love with an idea. A lot of us, you know what? We've just been infatuated with the relationship with Jesus Christ instead of in love with the relationship with Jesus. Infatuation leaves when the feelings leave, but love, love never gives up. Love sticks around for the long haul. Love doesn't put a time limit on it. Love doesn't stop after a month, after two months, after three months, even though it doesn't, this just seems what life's gonna be. Love doesn't quit fighting. Love never gives up. And some of you, you are about to give up. Don't do it. Man, keep I know it's been years. I know it's been decades. I know life doesn't look like what you thought. This was not the life that Rizba thought she was going to have. This was what she envisioned for her boys. But love never gives up. It never loses faith. It's always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. Can I tell you one thing I noticed when, when Rizba fought? is that she wasn't fighting in, she was fighting for. She wasn't fighting in, she was fighting for her boys. And many times where we have missed it, we think, oh, well, I, well, I, fight, I fight all the time for my boys. I fight all the time for my, no, 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 no. You fight really good in your marriage. <laughs> you fight really good with your spouse. You fight really good in your relationship with your kids. You fight really good with your kids. You fight really good with your boss. You fight really good with other people in other relationships, but we have failed to fight for them, and that is a big, big difference. It's a big difference. Because when you decide to start fighting for your marriage, when you decide to start fighting for your kids, it means you do whatever it takes to serve them, to love them, to extend God's love, because love never gives up. And so the question is, are you fighting in your relationships or are you fighting for them? Because if you're just fighting in your relationship, nothing's going to get better. But when you decide to do something different and you start fighting for it, man, it's a game changer. The last thing I notice about RISPA is this, is that you have to be willing to stay committed even when it's inconvenient. And that's big. You've got to be willing to stay committed even when it's inconvenient. Here's Rispa. This is our rock today, in case you're wondering what this is. This is our rock. And here's Rispa. Byers doesn't record that anybody is with her. It just says Rispa spread her sackcloth, spread her her, 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 her garment, her, 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 her garment that she used for mourning that showed that she is grieving, showed that things aren't going good, that, that she's upset, that she's mourning the loss of her boys, that she spread it on the rock and she stayed there for the entire barley harvest season. She's been there seven months. And, and my mind starts going to the boys' bodies. I, I can't imagine losing a kid but man, to have to on top of that, every morning you're getting up and you're seeing their body literally decompose before you. The stench, the smell, the heartbreak, that every morning you're seeing your world totally shattered. Every morning you're seeing, man, man, this is awful. But it didn't, she, she just kept running the birds off. She kept running the, the, the beast of the night away from her boys. I don't know if she took her cloth and just ran them off, but she 
did what she didn't want to do. It wasn't convenient. It was really inconvenient. For seven months, to six to seven months, she inconvenienced herself to chase things away because nobody else was there. Nobody else was going to do it. And can I tell you, fighting for something, true love for something, man, when you're in love with it and not just infatuated with it, you go through the inconvenient moments even when it's not convenient. Luke, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, back to verse seven says this, and love never gives up. Love never loses faith. That means confidence in the things you can't see. It doesn't seem like it's getting better, but you don't lose faith. You know that something good is going to come out of it. Love never loses faith. It is always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. It endures, it, it, it endures when you are inconvenient. It, it endures when you don't see a change. It endures through everything. Somebody out there say everything. It endures through every circumstance. It endures through everything. And some of us, we just have decided to fight through some things instead of fighting, instead of deciding to fight through everything. You gotta understand, when you're in love, when, when, when you're passionate, when, when God has called you to this life, when he's giving you this dream, when you're fighting for your kids, when you're fighting for your marriage, man, you go and you endure everything. But, but, but here's the reality, is that this morning, there's some of us that the, the simple truth is we're tired. So just, I've been fighting for years for my marriage. I've been fighting for years for my kids. And I, I'm tired. And I want to give up. And I want to throw the towel in. And here's what I would say to you this morning. It's this. It's when you are powerless and exhausted, learn to stand on Jesus Christ the rock whose inexhaustible power works best in weakness. Man, this is so big. When you're powerless and exhausted, when you've done all you can do to stand, the Bible says stand then. When you are powerless and exhausted, you have fought all you know how to fight, you're just tired, you're worn out, nothing seems to be getting better, stand on Jesus Christ, the rock, whose inexhaustible power works best, not just works some, whose inexhaustible power works best in your weakness. In your weakest moment, you're just now starting to tap into the greatness and strength of God Almighty, of El Shaddai. That, that, man, when you've done everything you can, man, stand on him. Here's where we get it wrong. Zephaniah chapter four, verse six, I mean, Zechariah chapter four, verse six says this. Then he told me, this is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel. You will not succeed by your own strength or by your own power, but by my spirit, says the Lord, all-powerful, the Lord Almighty, El Shaddai. And where some of us have gone wrong as we've tried to do it all on our own, but it's not about your might. It's not about your power. It's, it's not about your strength. It's not about you being strong enough. It's not about you having a good enough idea. It's not about you strategizing. It's not about you manipulating don't we do that? We try to manipulate God's hand instead of following it. Well, God, just do this, do this. But, but God's saying, no, 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 just do this. It's not about your power. It's not about, it is about 
El Shaddai. That's not just an Amy Grant song from the 80s that stunk. God, all powerful. It's about his spirit. It's about follow. Man, what, what do you want to say? What do you want to do? Because I'm tired and I'm worn out and I can't do it anymore. And that's the moment you decide to stop depending on your own strength and your own power. And you realize, you know what? It's not about my power. It's not about all my efforts. It's not about me being smart enough or strong enough or powerful enough or having the right words. It's about God's spirit. Check out what uh, uh, Rispa did in chapter, in chapter 21, verse 10. It says this, then Rispa, daughter of Ai, the mother of the two men, spread burlap on a rock and stayed there the entire harvest season. She prevented the scavenger birds from tearing at their bodies during the day and stopped wild animals from eating them at night. Here, here's, here's what Rispa did. She brought everything she had, her burlap, her sackcloth, whatever translation you're reading, and she got on the rock. She got on the rock because the only way she could reach her boys to keep the birds of the air away was to get on the rock, was to stand on something more firm and higher that could get her to a place where she could actually reach her boys. Here's the deal. Most of us, were trying to do it on our own, and if you're trying to do it on your own, you just got to stop it because you're just going to wear yourself out. But where we've got to go is in your weakness, when you feel exhausted, when you feel uh, uh, no longer have any power, no more go. You're on, they're on your last nerve. Come on, some parent out there is that you learn to stand on Jesus Christ whose inexhaustible power works best in your weakness. Man, this is so big. Because it didn't say she just visited the rock. It said she stayed there. And some of us were real good about visiting Jesus when things go bad or when things go good. But we're not so good about staying here. And the word says she stayed there. And as long as she stayed there, she could protect her boys. As long as she could, it wasn't convenient. Was she tired? Absolutely. Was she exhausted? Absolutely. But because she stayed on the rock, she was able to reach her boys. It's no coincidence that she, the Bible says she stood on a rock. Jesus said this to Peter, that on this rock, talking about himself, you shall build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Some of you, you've been trying to build your life on everything else, but can I tell you, when you build your life on Jesus Christ, the solid rock, even in your weakness, even when you're exhausted, even when you're done, even when you're tired, you can stand on the rock and still accomplish all that God has called you to. The other day, um, the other day, several years ago, when um, my first year in college, me and Fish, uh, he was my roommate. He's our business administrator of my freshman year. And so we decided that we were gonna have this sweet room. And I know like college now, college now they have like, there's a reason college is $70,000 because the rooms are so nice. You know what I'm talking about? You're like, this isn't college. This is a vacation. Um, but like our, our room was a prison cell. I mean, it looked like a jail cell. It was nasty. It was uh, uh, just one bathroom for the whole hall. And it was, it was, but we had a ball. You know what I'm saying? And so we were gonna make 
our room as cool as it could be, and we decided that we were going to build lofts to where we could put a couch underneath and we could put a TV and a VCR. Yes, I said VCR. A VCR down there with surround sound. Some of you are like, what's a VCR? What's a DVD? Shut up. Um, and so we put it down there, and, and, and we were going to build these lofts. It was going to look awesome. It's going to be great. And so we decided to build these lofts before we get to college, and we get some four-by-fours and some plywood, and we get it all set up, and it's, I mean, it's wobbly. And, and you know, you know I have not made any any, any qualms about I am not handy. It started at a ver very early age in my life. And so we're sitting there and we're looking at it and we've made some little rails to, you know, kind of on both ends to climb up and be able to get on our loft so we can sleep. And so um, I, I look at him like, yeah, I think, I think it's okay. It's a little shaky, but I think we're, I think we're all right. And Fish is like, yeah, you know, let, let's try it out. Let's try it out. I'm like, okay, but you gotta hold it so it doesn't fall. You know, I think once I get up there, it will be fine. So I climb up and I get up there and I'm like, I, 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 th I think we're all right. And all of a sudden I hear And my eyes get about this big. And I start looking like Aladdin riding a magic carpet. I'm like, oh, and Fish is like, oh. And I go, it just goes forward. I grab the garage door while I'm coming down. And it goes, boosh, like this. And the wood's like hitting my shins. I'm like, oh, you know. Um, and I, I, I mean, it just, it was not doable. And here's the deal is that we were trying to do something we were not equipped to do. We were trying to do something on our own strength. And yet we get there and I'm like, my dad comes home. He's like, what? What happened? What occurred here? What monstrosity happened in my garage? I'm like, well, dad, we were trying to build these lofts and we have no idea what we were doing. Can you help? And you know what? My dad and Fish's dad, they came over, no problem. Like in 30 minutes, they had it taken care of and our loft stood for the rest of their lives. Here's the deal. I was not equipped to do it on my own, but my father was more than equipped to be able to do it for me. And many of us in this place, man, you, you, you were never designed. You, you got to fight, but you can't fix it on your own. You can't fix your marriage on your own. But you know what? Your father, El Shaddai, can. So you got to stand on the rock. You know what? Some of you, 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 you've tried reaching your kids. You've tried giving them everything you know to give them. You tried having tough love, tried talking to them, and you can't fix them, and nothing's happened. But you know what? Your father, El Shaddai, can fix them. And so you've got to stand on the right. Even though you're tired, even though you don't see anything coming about, you got to learn to stand on the rock. Some of you in this place, you don't see your life getting any better. You feel like you're stuck. Man, stand on your rock because El Shaddai, your father can fix it. You just got to ask your father and you got to stay on the rock. Some of you in this place, you're just, you're discouraged. You're about to throw in the towel and end it all. And yet somebody invited you to church today. You're watching online. You think, what's the use? Stop trying to do it on your own and stay on the rock because your father can help you. He can strengthen you because he is El Shaddai and he can fix it, but you've got to stay on the rock. It says this in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9. It says, each time he said, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness, so now I am glad to boast about my weakness so that the power of Christ can work through me. Isaiah 40, verse 27 and 29 says this. 
Oh, Jacob, how can you say the Lord doesn't see your troubles? That's where some of us are. We think God doesn't know where we are. He doesn't know what's going on. How, how can you say the Lord doesn't see your troubles? I know you say he's omnipotent, omnipresent, and all this stuff, and God's everywhere, but he doesn't see what's going on. Oh, Israel, how can you say God ignores your rights? Have you never heard? Have you never understood the Lord is the everlasting God? The creator of all the earth. He never grows weak or weary. No one can measure the depths of his understanding. He gives power to the weak and strength to the powerless. This verse is so perfect for some of you because you feel weak and you feel powerless over your life, over your situations, over your circumstances. You see your boys up there, your, your risk a moment, you see it all there and you feel powerless. But can I tell you, he gives power to the powerless. You may feel tired and exhausted. He gives strength to the weak, but it only comes when you stay on the rock. When you stop trying to do it on your own and hear me because this is the best part of the whole thing is that after Rispa was out there, not for a month, not for two months, not for three months, not for five, but after six to seven months, she eventually got the attention of the king. She eventually got the attention of David. And it says this in 2 Samuel 21, 11, when David learned what Rizpah, Saul's concubine, had done. David heard about it. Somebody told him, man, this is their woman out there. She's been out there seven months shooing away the birds, shooing away the beast at night. She's not going anywhere. She's watching over her sons. It's, it's a pointless, and it all of a sudden got the king's attention. Can I tell you, don't give up because there's going to be a change that occurs. There's going to be something, a ha-ha moment that happens in your life. Galatians chapter 6 verse 9 says this, so let's not get tired of doing what is good at just the right time we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up you will reap a harvest of blessing at a right time if you don't give up man maybe it's not your time but can i tell you a right time is still ahead of you maybe it's the wrong time you think and you're just going but i've been up here and i've been trying it but if you don't give up and you stay on the rock at a right time something's going to turn around as long as you keep shooing away the beast at night and shooing away the buzzards during the day at a right time something's going to change something's going to break so don't you give up don't you throw in the towel don't you walk away because it's not inconvenient because love never gives up it never loses faith it endures through every circumstance some of you you're about to give up because of this circumstance or that circumstance but keep on fighting because you're going to get the king's attention if you don't give up there's a right time coming for you coming for me and coming for your situation man what a promise that god has given us today i'm going to ask all of you to stand up across this building and we're going to sing this song that shannon and the worship team took us through today and here's what i would tell you don't let it be a song you sing but let it be a song you declare let it be a song that is a banner over your life but you just say in christ alone i can't do this my peace is found where in christ alone my hope is found where in christ alone the only way i'm able to do this is not by my might it's not by my power but it's through jesus christ alone let's sing let's worship the lord oh i want to sing in christ alone. believe belong become 
join in our vision here at Foundations Church. Services are every Sunday at 9 and 1045 a.m. and our youth service voltage is every Wednesday at 7 p.m. To find out more about us or to get plugged in, check us out online at foundationschurch.tv. We hope that you enjoyed this message. If you have any questions or want to reach out to us, you can email us at info at foundationschurch.tv or visit our website at foundationschurch.tv. 